great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the other six. We've got a computer restart. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. No one really actually knows when a show gets going, but uh, I think that's part of, part of the uh, the magic of podcasting. Podcasting's a wonderful thing. I think everybody should do it. It's like blogs. I think everybody's got stuff they want to get down on. Everybody's got stuff they want to get out. And I think the almost sister journalism, isn't it, really? But no, I mean, a podcast is a fabulous thing. Um, I've stopped listening to music on long journeys now. I listen to podcasts instead. A whole range of things. But principally, that was it. Maybe motorsport. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to go to a track I've always wanted to be, uh, go to, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just going to do a sound check, OK? I you mean, go whilst we're doing a... Oh, just maybe the microphone comes from the bottom. I'm just not quite sure. Just give us a sound check there. Well, we can't, we can't say who you are. Uh, we can't say who I am uh, because that's a secret, and uh, that comes from my previous career, which I can't talk about uh, unless I'm drunk and trying to impress women, uh, which doesn't happen often either of them. But um, <laughs> my sound check will be me speaking at this sort of level um, for this sort of time until somebody tells me to stop. That's right. And as you can tell viewers. And they are viewers. They're viewers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because wow. we don't do, we don't do vision. Wow. We like to confuse them. But when they occasionally there's they're a bit of a video, the they're listeners. No. That's even better. It's just like it's old Paul Hogan. It's like blind people. I know. Actually, been talking about television. Do regard themselves as looking in. That's that's the phrase. But I'm not saying that your your viewers slash listeners are blind. Clearly, they're not. They're, they're clearly well informed people. Cultured. <laughs> Cultured fans of the They're sport. They're culturally blind because they listen. They listen to, to Radio Hot Lap, and in this case, viewers, it's time to say hello and welcome to episode 275 of Radio Hot Lap, that light-hearted and crazy zany podcast that virtually never takes a look at motor racing anymore because we've diversified into other things like technologies and barbecues, Australian style, and viewers. What a treat, what a hilly motion treat you will be enjoying this afternoon as we travel up and over the hills and down the dales en route to the Bathurst 24-hour race, minus 12. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you David Thank you, David Brabham. <laughs> 2015 star. And with me today in a, well, what are we driving? We're driving uh, as one of Her Majesty's uh, Bentley Flying Spurs. It's six litre W12-engined behemoth, the fastest production four-door saloon in the world. And, and the only reason that you decided to drive this today is, uh, having flown in this morning on, on Niceville with Cafe Pacific, was the fact that the fuel is so cheap in this country. Uh, there's that, that and the fact that it's a free car. Um, the free car <laughs> bit, it, it, in fairness, I'd actually initially booked, I think it's a Nissan Altima, and... Um, this uh, is a little bit nicer. Yeah, you know, it, was, it was a bit of a stretch. It was kind of, do I go and pay... Uh, Avis for a Nissan Altima or do I let Bentley give me this for the week um, okay let's go with the Bentley and it is pretty fabulous isn't it <laughs> so yeah like, I guess that Darren Cox had spent his budget oh no it wasn't it wasn't a press oh, card oh I know no, 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 but no. I mean you know no Darren, Darren's not spent anywhere near his budget yet I sincerely hope not I'd, li- I'd like to think there's at least some of it more, more of it coming my way but uh, this is like basically cruising to Bathurst in in a living room really spot um, do you do that? What's that? Yellow cars. Spotter. No. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to have someone Spotter, behind the right, wheel. Fair enough. And like cows. <laughs> <laughs> Now we did. We did have a guy that when uh, habitually when we went to uh, Le Mans every year, uh, we'd be wandering along 
before they had the auto routes, before they had the big motorways down that way, and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the middle of the conversation, he'd shout, Neddy's in the field, and that meant he'd seen a horse. And this happened quite a lot, and it got quite irritating, so we don't take him anymore. Viewers, welcome Graham Goodwin, the editor-in-chief and the effective head honcho of DailySportsCar.com. That, for a very reasonable £35 per annum... Free now, free now. But please send it anyway. <laughs> you can send me thirty five pounds if you want, but we, you don't have to. It's not like compulsory. <laughs> but uh, from a, you know a, a, a donation perspective, just think about it. Um, it's just it's the default standard in what's going on in sports car racing. Well, in fairness, I will I will write about sports cars for food. I mean, it's that's fair to say, John. But I mean, uh, no, we uh, thanks to the uh, the generosity of our sponsors, we're, we're actually. Uh, free to view now, but yeah, we've been going now for what 15, 16. I mean, you've been around since since I think the very start of it uh, back in the day. But uh, uh, my my predecessor, internet pioneer, back in the late nineties, uh, yes. writing about GT and sports car racing in the Mont Malcolm Cracknell, absolutely, uh, taught and me. Danny li- Bear and Danny Bear, who still sits on my desk in the in the office. But uh, going back to the late nineties, that's how I found out an awful lot about sports car racing from Malcolm best trainer in the world sadly had to retire some years ago and I, I took on the the lofty title gardening of, duty yeah it's, his garden was like absolutely fantastic because he's been doing it <laughs> since about 2007 2008 but um, you know, sadly ill health took him away from the desk and uh, and I've been doing that ever since and alongside a day job which I know I've decided I don't want to do anymore so I'm not doing this full time and that's given me the opportunity to come to this fabulous country of yours and come and watch a motor race uh, on the number one place on my bucket list in motorsport which is of course Mount Panorama. It's great to have you here and if we just rewind like well, four weeks, five weeks, four weeks ago we were in Dubai uh, yeah, yeah. For, the 20, for the 24-hour race, I got that right this time, and then you went home and uh, did some washing and went to Daytona. Daytona 24, and now you're here for the Bathurst 24 minus 12. It is honestly the case, we used to have, with maybe one exception, we used to have three months off between the start of the European racing season. Spotto. Spotto. It's good at that time. And... Um, and a bit between the end of the, the racing season and the start of the European racing season which happens about Easter this time it's been three weeks we're in Abu Dhabi for a 12 hour race but in fact two six hour races uh, just before Christmas and then you're right uh, two 24 hour races already under our belts um, in January Dubai uh, and then uh, Daytona and now here we are on the way to another 12 hour race uh, in, uh, in, in Australia and it's just this astonishing kind of global scene now where while more or less all, every other part of motorsport the touring cars and the supercars over here having a bit of a rough time of it single seaters in a dire state so too much diversification but at the moment sports cars and GT racing seems to be in, in pretty rude health and that's a very good thing from the point of view of someone like me that's one absolutely passionate about it and two <laughs> as I said earlier John uh, making a living doing it so, uh, so yeah remains to be seen what we're going to see here it's a great grid um, is it 53 cars? I think we've been told they're going to. 54. Oh, wow. Yes. And, uh, and uh, the, the majority of those proper full house GT3 cars. 29 GT3 cars, I think. Wow. 18, uh, 17 uh, AM cars. Pro, uh, AM cars and the balanced pro AM cars. And there's a fair number of those AM cars. I was looking, uh, in fact, one of the AM cars. Uh, a lot the, of drivers it's, well, it's that shouldn't be it's the, actually AM. It's the Nissan, and the Nissan is in the AM class. Now, okay, that means you've got a, uh, got one of the, uh, the uh, GT Academy guys, which I'm sure your listeners know all about. But So that's a full house, factory prepped Nissan GTR, Godzilla back on the mountain again. And, uh, well, it was here last year, but it came to grief. It no, did, yeah. It did. It kind of came across someone else's accident. And uh, there's, a, there's a thing about those cars. They might look like road cars, these things, but you saw the punishment that Nissan took yeah, last year you know, I, and I, looked after the driver. I have to say that watching that car last year and then seeing it at, uh, at Dubai, it sounded much more of a truck-like car. It just sounded completely different. It was very dense sound and not high pitch. And I remember the... When Nissan first got involved in sports car racing with their GTR, it was straight uh, six. And it, yeah. it was a V8. It was a truck engine, I oh, think. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and it was a Gigawave project. 
Oh, that one. Oh, no, that was the Gigaway Project. That was a GT1 car. Yeah, but, but that, that was, was a V8. First... You're right. That was a G... the, the, the GTR. You're right, John. It the, the first one was indeed uh, it's a V8. And a track derivative. Uh, track it was. It was. Production engine again, but uh, massive, massive, massive power from that thing. But then again, this one, okay, it's not got quite all the electronic trickery and uh, the kind of suspension trickery, although the, the new 2015 car we've not yet seen on track yet gets a bit closer to it. Because they won't be allowed to run 2015 no, cars here, only no. up to 2014. 2014 cars here. You can run 2015 cars in the Aussie GT Championship this year, I believe. And indeed, I, I know for a fact they've sold at least a couple of McLarens in there. Yes, that. Tony Quinn has yeah. picked up and one. That is a fantastic looking car. If you've got anybody that's going trackside in Australia, that they're going to enjoy watching that thing go around. But uh, yeah, this thing, it's twin turbo, V6. More power than you could shake a stick at. And... That's really what it's all about, isn't it? In, uh, in GT3, it's power, power, power. Lots of aero. Um, you know, they are unbelievably fast cars. I mean, to give you a parallel with Daytona, we have not quite GT3 cars. They're the same cars, a bit less aero. Those cars in a straight line are quicker than some of the prototypes. They, you know, they're, they're on terms with it. The prototypes have got big downforce and big... You know, big fat kind of slick tyres can only really do their overtaking in the braking zones where they've got better brakes and around the outside of corners. Uh, in a straight line, these things would show them the way home. It's uh, they are amazing cars, and to, to think we're going to see kind of thirty or so of those duking it out around the mountain is just going to be awesome. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an excellent weekend. And you guys, uh, well, certainly in Australia, you can follow it uh, from I think five thirty a.m. on seven. Mate, that's channel seventy-three. Yeah. Um, Live the whole on, race, I think, isn't until it? two p.m. and then on the main channel. Yep. Seven uh, from uh, two till six p.m. and uh, straight into the news. Yeah, and I think, uh, and if you uh, actually around and about, you've got just a, you know an iPhone or any kind of device, RadioLamont.com. Yep. Uh, we're over there with the guys, the the team that does all these uh, these races worldwide, and uh, we'll be doing the uh, the whole of that. We, I think Richard Krell's going to do some stuff. Krell's is going to be on with us for that. Uh, so it'll be radio, it'll be online, it'll be um, on the TV. It's You know what? This sort of racing used to be really tough to follow. Now you can just get just acres of stuff, live timing. You can watch quite the way the cars are going around the circuit. It's a, it's a great time to be a sports car racing fan. It's, it's easier than ever to watch these, these races. And you know something, John? This race showed, showed the world the way. Uh, they got, you know, a good team in to actually do the commentary we went from being a race where it was doing okay but it didn't have a great deal of following outside Australia in two years to being something where I'm telling you right now more or less every world class GTN sports car driver I've spoken to over the last 12 to 18 months when I've asked them the question which of the races you're looking forward to, which of the races you want to win, this race comes up this is now a world class event this is one of the classics it may be a newer race but it is now one of the ones that's on everybody's bucket list not just mine. Well clearly two years ago I thought that the combination of Richard Crail and John Heindorf together made that race. Oh yeah, I mean it was just the most entertaining coverage I mean, you know, we it was a colostomy bag for both of us, <laughs> you know, and Lamingtons. That was it. I think the, the, this is the great thing. Like John, and I know Krells is, you know, very much of a, a kind of same kindred spirit, really. When we go and do these races, when we go and talk on air, whether it's TV, whether it's radio, we're fully well aware that, that the people watching this, some of them need a little bit more information, but everybody's passionate about it. Everybody loves the spectacle, and so do we. And, you know... We cover two, three, six, ten, twelve, twenty-four hour races around the world, and you know what? It is hard work. It, 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 you know, it is grueling. But you get away from the mic after standing there for six, seven hours at a time, and it feels like it's flown by. And you know, I think the, the, what everybody's looking for is that magical ingredient that will just get to the stage where. You know, you can bring that more easily to people. It's a long race. It's very different from a kind of six-lap six sprint somewhere. It's very different from a Grand Prix. And, you know, in very many ways, we've got an awful lot of star drivers, but the cars are the stars. And that's what people want to hear about. So I hope we can add some entertainment to it. That's the whole point. We're part of the, part of the show, is the same as everybody else is. And I could not be looking forward to this race more than I am at the moment. Well, a beautiful day for us to be 
cruising up and over the Blue Mountains. That was the line of road we're travelling today, up through Currajong and down through Bill. I should have put it on airport mode. Should have put it on airport mode. That's a, that's a rookie error there, I'm afraid, John. Yeah, I just tell you, <laughs> these bloody old iPhones trying to take over your life. As I was saying, yes, heading out right now to, to Richmond and up and over and out through Mount Tomar and Mount Wilson, a bit of a sort of a wilderness zone compared to going up the, through Katoomba and Medlow Bath and Blackheath and the Three Sisters and all that area. But I think uh, uh, somewhere perhaps where the, uh, the silver spur can stretch its little legs and drink itself dry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be able to do that remarkably quickly. This has got a lot of ponies. This is 621 horsepower for this, v this W12 engine, this thing. Um, this is a very quick car, all-wheel drive. Um, oh, is that right? I didn't oh, know so that. it's all-wheel drive, and uh, I, I believe, I'm told, this is the quickest production four-door Well, do you know, planet. previously, that record was held by the, an Australian car than Ford GDHO Falcon from the 19, late 1960s, which won Bathurst, starting in, or finalising in the XY variant. And these uh, cars sell for half a million bucks now. But you know, this is the thing. I mean, the, one of the other reasons I think why we like going racing across, you know, across the world is so it's so many different sorts of car culture. You go to Japan. There's a kind of very cute little K cars there. But come here, and yet yeah, it is all about the big Aussie touring cars. And you know, rather sadly. I think we're going to be seeing... Let's go. Head that way. The last of it. Oh, look, they were just putting up a oh, new bless TV them. aerial. Yeah, bless there them. Somebody go. couldn't get the latest edition of America's Top Model and was complaining about it. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, look, there's been a lot of things. And speaking of, like, you know, different car variants and this being a four-wheel drive, um, what do you think about what's happened this week with the Nissan launching, Oof. Nissan launching their new LMP1? Now, I have to say, in my opinion, not the prettiest car in the world. It looks a little, being a front-engined car, or rather even front-wheel drive yep. from the conventional engine anyway. Um, and a little Panos-like, I guess, but uh, certainly if they are touting 1,275 horsepower combined between the front engine and the recovery systems deploying to the rear wheels. Boy, the other guys, the other guys have got a bit of work to do. It's given them a bit of a wake-up call. I think that it's like anything else. When someone tries something radically different, um, then it's either going to work, in which case everybody's got to do their sums again, or it's not going to work, in which case people are going to be left with egg on their face. But you know what I love the most about the moment? I love the fact we've got an open rule book. Uh, which means that the, the clever guys, the really clever guys, can actually uh, look for something very, very different. This car's designed by Ben Bowlby. Those of you who've been, you know, keeping an eye on sports car racing will be aware of a thing called the Nissan Delta Wing from a few years back. Ben designed that car as well. He also designed the Nissan Zeod, which was the all-electric car that had a bit of a troubled uh, time at Le Mans last year, but did the first ever all-electric lap of the Le Mans 24-hour circuit. Um, so, yeah, he's a clever man, and so I'm just, just going to thread my way by oh. this bus. Oh, it's a huge car. <laughs> Can I turn left on this? Yes, but okay. wait for the red. That's a red light. That's a red light. Do you have those red We don't have these. No. Okay, you can go down um, <laughs> there. Red lights, what are those? What are they? Do they apply to Bentleys? Surely no. not. Surely not. I love that, by the way. Keep on this road for a long time. Yes, it's just, just don't. Not a very. That's a very nice cricket ground. <laughs> dear, dear me, do you play cricket but, over here? Uh, yeah, we do. We play cricket. Well, you know, I know you turn up sometimes, but <laughs> don't make me. That's ring. Don't make me ring in Harrison. Let's not do that. Eh? But anyway, there you go. But no, it's uh, it is a very different looking car. You're quite right. Quite like nothing else that's actually out there the moment and it's going to be one of two things it's either going to be there and they're about in which case it's a game changer or they've got themselves a bucket full of trouble because there's an awful lot of innovations on there not a lot been said at the moment about the curse system uh, we do know the fact that they can test these cars i think makes a huge amount of difference because we see the trouble the f1 teams oh uh, you know it's kind of f1 it's it's a bit like soccer back in the uk football um for years I was a Manchester United fan and I can't be bothered anymore and the reason I can't be bothered 
is because to me it's just eleven surly millionaires running around moaning about stuff, and you know it doesn't bear any relation to, to any kind of club atmosphere at all anymore now. And Formula One's the same. It's just got to the stage where, of course, money's important in motorsport and anything else as well. But when it's the only thing that's important, when you've got to the stage now where you've got you know the likes of Bernie Eccleston, you know, and frankly, let's be honest, is mad now. You know, when he says the things he says around what he values in the sport, and it's him making those commercial deals, you, you know, it's lost. It's gone. The, the relevance is gone. And you know, we've got now to the stage where these sports cars are way more technically relevant and advanced than the current Formula One crop. Formula One now going on about you know, this great big thing about, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could have 1,000 horsepower cars? We've already got 1,000 horsepower cars. And as you said quite rightly, John, the Nissan will be rather more than that, as will the, the, um, the Porsche and the Toyota this year. Um, so we're going to be talking about cars that have got astonishing levels of power and a lot of it coming from hybrid energy. And a lot of what that means is you're talking 30% less fuel year on year. This isn't something we work towards over, over two, three, four, five years. This is 30% year on year and pushing for more. Um, that's proper relevance. That's why the factory teams are coming. That's why Nissan have brought that extraordinary car. Uh, to the fore for this year and why have they brought something extraordinary because they need to be different they don't want to do uh, an Audi or a Toyota they want to do something that's a Nissan and in the same way that you re- you recall and I'm sure the listeners recall Godzilla on the Mountain viewers. Uh, sorry apologies viewers, uh, viewers they remember it because it was different to what we had it was different from the Holdens, it was different from the Fords it was different from the Sierra Cosworths it was different from all of that I remember those days with the, it would have been the R32s and R33s, wouldn't it? Uh, Skylines at the time. Oh, um, you'll remember then. I remember when on the Martin. Jimmy Richards. I remember on the Martin. Won the race and called everyone a pack of arseholes. Well, there you go. But the thing is, what maybe what some of your viewers don't uh, remember or, or even realise is that we used to get that, that race on terrestrial television in the UK. We used to get the great race there. and um, it, it provided you paid your television licence. Uh, yeah, obviously they come around and take your children. If you it wasn't like they have the van with the direction yeah. finding loop. They come seen the, the if you've ever seen the film 1984, uh, that that's basically the TV license agency. George Orwell. Absolutely. <laughs> they used to come around with these vans with these uh, rotating aerials <laughs> on top. It was a bit like the Nazis trying to track down spies. I'm not, not convinced at all, by the way, those things actually, TV detector to vans, they called them, actually worked. I think they just, just looked up a big book with all the addresses in it. Great, great map lovely people lovely people but uh, yeah we do buy our TV licence because uh, the, of the unique way in which the BBC is funded Nepean River is it Nepean River Nepean River where they yeah. have the, the bridge to bridge race um, and uh, just one more thing uh, Spotter Spotter yeah, okay. no it's a bit lemon does that, does that spot it does that no you can't truck? do trucks oh that's going to be a car the deal is it's got to be no it's got to, it can't be articulated it can't be a bus or a truck but it, it must have someone in control of the wheel so, car, so, so you can't have a park car. Transporter. Can't be parked. Is someone doing their makeup? Okay. Now this is just adding rules all the time. It's confusing. Oh, hey. hey. oh, you hey. see, they're not. Don't mess with me, sunshine. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but no one's behind them. Uh, oh, look, that's gold. So this but is a fa- look at the car in front of us. This is a fabulous Aussie thing, isn't there, it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I noticed the other day. It's a okay, viewers. So what we're behind is a look. It's like a. a Holden Commodore VE2 uh, R8 325 kilowatt car, but I noticed there's a 340 in the other wow. I've never seen that before. They're probably heading, being Sutherland plates, what would they be doing over here with just the south side? They're probably trying to take us on. And I reckon in the kilowatt stakes they lose. Uh, considerably so. This is, uh, it's be- this is basically like, if you imagine this, it's like a rocket propelled drawing room, that's what it is. It's, uh, it's an astounding piece of engineering. Um, you know, I, I was thinking when I saw the, um, the GTR LM Nismo yep. uh, Challenger for um, Le Mans 24 hours this year, we'll be running World Endurance Championship, and I thought the, 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 the canopy area quite reminiscent of some other like I think you mentioned it the dome cars because they sort of heritage there was a bit of heritage from that but I thought imagine I know the rules don't allow it but if they were as an open cockpit car that would look really sexy Spoto 
<sighs> that's uh, orange. Surely that's orange. Surely that's orange. You saw it. First. That's orange. That's orange. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the fact they're coupes. I, I must admit, I like the close top cars. I was talking to Alex Verts, races of course for Toyota now in uh, sports cars, but uh, obviously with Formula One in his background too. And Alex says, look, when he was growing up, um, he, he was, I think he was karting at the time, it was at the Vienna Motor Show, it was Austrian Vienna Motor Show, and they had on the, uh, the stand there, Porsche 962. And uh, he just thought the most beautiful thing ever. And since that day, when, when the, uh, the guy who actually, by the way, uh, owned the Porsche allowed him as a kid to get sit in that car, uh, since then, it's, no matter what he was doing, whether or not it was, um, Formula One or a bit of sports cars, he was always looking for that was the kind of car he wanted to drive. So he's in his dream job. Great story, by the way, about Alex Verts. Uh, you're, who is, I'm sure, be uh, aware of a guy by the name of Flavio Briatori, who used to run the Benetton Formula One team. And Flavio, a colourful character, mainly orange, that's his usual tank colour, but, um, but he uh, had a meeting with Mr. Verts and uh, fairly dismissive, I gather, as you would do if you're boss of a Formula One team and lots of young guns coming in through the door and uh, said to Alex well okay he says uh, what's your next race he said well actually as it turns out you've just been made an offer to do the Le Mans 24 hours and uh, so he said well okay if you win it come back and talk to me so he did and he did and he got his first Formula One drive um, because uh, Mr Verts whilst he's one of the more the taller guys in the 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 sports car racing paddock is also one of the quicker ones too full of great guys you know lots of the guys you'll know from over here Mark Webber's been a fantastic addition to the uh, World Endurance Championship uh, grid I think uh, you know we've always got us more of a smattering of Aussies uh, running around the globe whether or not it's the pros or indeed some of the gentlemen drivers and I think we're going to get some more I mean, oh, every, absolutely. Every, every time we go to places like Dubai or we go to places like uh, you know Daytona there's always the odd Aussie there and the, the, the endurance racing scene is coming back with a shadow of a doubt uh, you know, on a global scale and you know Australia's got something to play there and uh, Mark you know for me always was everybody always knew he was a great bloke but he's been a great ambassador for the sport he, he comes into it with the right attitude which is look Formula 1 needs the mickey taking out of it and he's got exactly the right attitude around it when we were looking at the potential for Jensen Button was Jensen going to come to sports cars or not the answer was he was going to come to sports cars if he hadn't got the drive at McLaren I can tell you right now John he would have been in a full season WEC car absolutely 100% certain of it for this year so hopefully uh, when he gets tired of playing with the, the car with the spindly wheels on the corners uh, he'll come and play with something proper Absolutely. For those who recall Alex Woods, Woods, Vets, 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 it could be Vets. Uh, you're quite right, tall and gangly, but yes. possibly more well known for a very large fireball in the pits many years ago, a fuel fire where he was engulfed in the Benetton carpet, it was undamaged. That was Verstappen. Oh, was it? It was Verstappen. I'm sure that was Verstappen. I'm sure that was Verstappen. Okay, well, but it was the Benetton car. It was the Benetton car. Okay. It was, a, yeah, the messed up the fueling. No, no. Uh, he's had, you know, he's had a couple of shots. I mean, his most famous one, I think, I'm right in saying, was uh, when he was in contention for was it German Formula Three? I think he ran into the back of the safety car. Uh, that lost him a title. But, uh, no, 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 that would well, have been frowned upon by the race directors. Well, yeah, this is not Shump Weekly, so we'll be moving on to... <laughs> and there are so much, there's so many things to say, but as we head into Currajong, this is this sort of the... the what a beautiful the, part of the world the, this is. The tip of the, uh, the, the mountains coming up, and it'll become much more oh, twisty look, look, and... Oldie-worldie shops there on and, the left-hand side. And, and sublime. Yeah. But if we rewind 20 years ago, and for the viewers who are interested, if you were to go to Daily Sports Card, available to you, but certainly keep sending the 35, 35 pounds if you can find the right so, button, is that a lot of it is actually, the, the way things are is to be like, hats to be tipped in, in favour of Stefan Rattel. Oh, I agree. I mean, no, I mean Stefan Rattel and, and for... I mean, he should be sponsored by Gillette, but I don't Absolutely. know Absolutely. He's, he's, he's got extraordinarily kind of luscious hair. 
but luscious, uh, luscious hair. <laughs> but no, Stefan, for those that don't know, is the man that uh, runs much of Europe's GT racing um, scene, standalone GT racing the scene. Father of GT3, perhaps? Uh, absolutely, the father of GT3. Now, Stefan, you know, uh, because I guess it's like anything else where you've got this ubiquitous nation, in other words, if you've got a, a championship and he's involved in it, that, that brings with it a degree of disrespect, mistrust, and he's got his detractors. But the reality is, you know, for those of you that we're looking forward to this race um, at Bathurst, we, you know, we've got the, well, it's now, a, you know, I think, a very good Australian GT Championship. Neither of those would exist without Stefan Mattel. Uh, and frankly, I think by now, the Le Mans 24 Hours would likely be in trouble without Stefan Mattel, because back in the mid-90s, good two-thirds of that grid was made up from the GT cars, including the McLarens at the time, that were coming through from the championships for which he was responsible. And, you know, much as, you know, he's got his critics. At times, I've been a critic of, of Stefan's, and at times correctly, sometimes maybe not. But um, he and his team have put a lot into making sure that what we've got is a framework now that's, that means something that perhaps we don't think about too often. I mean, you know, you and I both, in part, make our living out of racing, John, and the reality is, with GT3 cars, there's a commercially sustainable model there. You know, teams can actually have one of these cars, or two of these cars, or three of these cars. Those cars could be racing somewhere in the world, more or less, every but weekend. It's still not quite fully global yet, is it? Not, not because, quite. Because, you know, we, we, you go to... Tudor Sports Car Championship in America with the amalgamation yep. of uh, American Le Mans Series and Grand Am and you have a GTD class yep. which is what analogous it's, it's, to it's GT3 GT with a little bit less it's GT3 with some of the electronics switched off and with less good aero and rather rather uh, strangely and you know, I'm not afraid of saying this about GTD it's actually taken a GT3 car and made it slightly more dangerous because it means that uh, the, the systems that are actually on that car to help the gentleman drivers, because that's what they are, they're a customer racing car, a GT3 car, um, have been taken off. Uh, and they've been taken off for the purpose of keeping those cars out of contention with the GTLM cars, the GTE cars that people would be familiar with from the World Endurance Championship and for Le Mans. So, you know, they, they took a blind turn there. They've, they, they messed up, I think they know they messed up, and that's gonna change next year, and we're gonna see, I think, uh, there, whether or not the GT3 phenomenon uh, will will launch into the Junior United Sports Car Championship. You, so, does that mean then? Well, I mean, at the moment, is a GTD car invited if it wins no. in Tudor into no. uh, the ACO programs? No. No. Which, no. that's where that needs to work too. No, if they were to win a, if they were to get a gain an entry for the Le Mans 24 Hours, they'd have to do it in a. A, a GTLM car uh, or requested entry in an LMP car and that's quite right I mean at the end of the day we're going to be turning cars away this year from the World Endurance Championship we'll find out about that by the way on Thursday and for the wrong 24 hours we'll find that out on Thursday as well so you've got certainly on the global front and then the biggest race of the year they will have no trouble at all in getting 56 cars on that entry and no trouble at all either filling the reserve list of five GT cars and five LMPs. And beyond that, there will still be teams, credible teams, who are going to get disappointed about not being on either of those lists. Very interesting, viewers. And on that note, we'll just have a little break while I let Graham have a bit of a fang now that the corners have turned up and we start to head hubba, up the hubba. mountain and he gets to see the view. So, back soon, viewers. Well, viewers, welcome back to episode 275 of Radio Hotland. That, that show that's got absolutely nothing to do with motor racing anymore. Well, perhaps a little bit of GT racing. And of course, for a very reasonable price. And I will give you my bank account soon. Um, just, just send whatever you want. Daily Sports Car, it's for you. DailySportsCar.com Graham, you just had a little coffee, a little sneaky coffee, a with, a, with a view of of Sydney. Uh, yeah, Australia, mate. So, 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 you know what? You can never get a bad view of getting viewed from high, can you? It's always nice just to take a bit of time out, even in this fabulous motor car. We must call it a motor car now. It's not a car. It it's is a motor not a car. View. It's a motor car. Yes, it's, uh, it's a proper. It's a proper motor car, and you know, very old-fashioned 21st century car. And you know, just it's completely unnecessary, but just great. Uh, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? You know, so on, so on. 
bought this in your drive and gave you the keys, you would. And uh, I think, you know, and in some ways, that's the appeal of GT racing, isn't it? It's the, they are the cars that we'd all love to drive on the road. They are the ones. They're the cars that we've all been a bit of a window licker uh, outside the showrooms. They're the ones that if you've got your kids and, you know, the missus is you know, off I, on a Saturday afternoon. I have to interrupt you, otherwise you will miss the, <laughs> miss the moment. Because we're coming up to a place called Bilpin. And if you notice, it's apple orchards Ooh. to the left, yep. the Gross Valley, and the other side of uh, alpacas. Alpacas. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, the other, over the other side there on the ridge, maybe like ten kilometres away, is uh, Katoomba and all that sort of stuff. Many people have fallen to their deaths, never to be found again, or you know, the cherry thought <laughs> o- on the left. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be us. But this is uh, the home of. Cider is it? Is non, it? Non-alcoholic apple cider, really? No, uh, What's the point of that, then? We're <laughs> a responsible driver. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and you are doing the driving. It's just had a little bit of a reset. Uh, a lovely piece of road here. Get along a little bit further here, past the, past the, the Bilpin and Mount Tomar exits. Bit of an opportunity, I think, for you to uh, use a bit of fuel. Open up the taps. <laughs> it's uh, you know, one of you should explain by the way, we don't have a regular throttle pedal in this uh, Bentley. Have you seen the film Titanic? I have. What we've got is uh, you can see there just in the middle next to the gear lever, there's a, just a miniature version of one of those kind of brass uh, signal things. So we just ask the engine room for a little bit more power. We'll do that now. Ding, ding. Oh, it's not it's the pipe. Is that what I did? I just blow down yep. there? Like a, a, a ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. And we've got a you know, speaking tube on the Mullen Apart Ward version. To the right, you'll see the, the, the fruit trees, which are f- fruit, uh, frost uh, covered. Yeah. Uh, and, and also birds and stuff like that. So. But this is a warm part of the world. It's a lovely part of the world, isn't it? Right. Can't beat a bit of green. Now, viewers, I will admit that on the previous stop, I've had a couple of lagers, and you know that's typical. And a fight, know. and a fight, and a curry. Uh, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a curry. Curry. Yeah, you, you, you had just had a, had a coffee. I had a couple of lagers, and they're not actually particularly excellent. But uh, it's a bit odd, wasn't it, pulling up there with the um, with this vehicle, yes, motor car, this proper motor car. And uh, there are a couple of eyebrows. Uh, there are a couple of eyebrows. They're all very polite about it. There's, uh, I only got offered two or three fights in the first ten minutes, and, <laughs> and, I, and I won both of those. But then I've got a gun. So, oh, logging truck. There you go. Uh, you know what? If I had five minutes more, I might turn around. A fabulous old logging truck with a huge tree trunk on it. The truck looks like it's something from the forties. Uh, just sitting there, kind of quietly rotting away. But no, it look. It's. Why do we love coming to Australia? We love it because it's just a very different atmosphere. A very different atmosphere indeed. Not better, not worse, but different. Clearly, you know, we know that uh, the Aussies absolutely love their sport. We love love that. Not just the motorsport, the sport in its entirety. Uh, you know, we love a bit of needle. We love a bit of needle with, uh, you know, between you guys and the old country. Uh, it's it's a fabulous thing. You know, we've, we've had it with rugby, with cricket, with, you know, with soccer when we get to the World Cup and with the Olympic Games. You know, we love that. And it's always relatively good-natured. Look, we've given Prince Philip, you know, a knighthood last week. I mean... Did you? Yeah, did you not know that? No! Did well, you? Oh, huge, huge dramas in Australia that are on Australia Day. That our Prime Minister knighted Prince Philip. Did he? He did, and he's just. Can he do that? He's lost the job. Can he do that? He can, apparently, which is very weird. And uh, he didn't consult others, and he went, it's in his own term, Captain's Pick. Ah, did he? Yes. How very quaint of him. Well, it's. um, (laughs) Look, I mean, I have to say, I'm not not necessarily a Republican. I've always quite liked the Queen and, you know, the magical, you know, at the part of it, the mountain lagoon, 14 kilometres. I mean, what kind of a place are you at? Yeah, that's for you. That's right, matching doors. (laughs) 
It's anything that's matching. Look the Ampol server. Have a oh, go at it. It's, it's, it's just oh, look, it's, it's rural Australia. We love it. But I mean, look the, the Great Britain thing. I mean, look, it's great to be proud of your country and. Some people have the opportunity to do that through sport. Some people have the opportunity to do that through history or through culture. Some people identify with it other ways. And, you know, I don't think I've got no problem at all with people having an opposite view to me on well, things like republicanism or whatever. There's a deal of republican mentality down this neck of the W. And uh, people aren't happy about it to, to, the, to the point. Well, actually, we have a very outspoken um, uh, senator, which is part of... Army United Party, Jackie Lambie, who last night on Q&A, a popular um, uh, TV debate format. Debate, yes, exactly, yeah. on, the, on the national channel, so it's not like, you know, polluted by um, a great motocross track down there, by the way. Yeah, right down that little oh, yeah, Just yeah. right down there. Oh, yeah, um, oh there's the boy. Um, when uh, Rupert Murdoch decided to tweet into it. So I, mean, I don't think he knows that he is the keyboard, but because he's not part of Australia, he said, "Listen, basically, he said, like, just fuck off, you know, and leave Australia to ourselves because you're not part of Australia anymore. We don't need your input, so fuck off." And it was well received, um, and uh, fruity front, front page of the newspapers this morning. Uh, you know what? I I worked in an earlier life, worked with politicians, and. I think politicians are quite often misunderstood, and modern, modern politicians are a rather different breed, maybe. But anyone interesting? Yeah, a few. Yeah. <laughs> I worked for the old prime minister in my time. Um, this is, were they just odd? They were very odd by the time I got to them. Then <laughs> I worked briefly in the press offices for Margaret Thatcher and for John Major, and uh, back in the day. And what you learn about politicians when you work with them closely is they're not. It's like anything in life. The closer you get to reality uh, with with people or with or with a situation, the less like their public persona they are. And you know, I'll give you this. Uh, this is a kind of a, uh, there is nobody, and I mean nobody that's ever come to work alongside me, not just back in the days in government, but now in motorsport, that that goes away from that experience and experiences that sport or that situation in anything like the same way again because it's not as you imagine it you know this John because you know motorsport in your experience is not the way you would recognize it from the pages of autosport is it you know there was a lot more politics a lot more business a lot more reality that's in there than the kind of glitz and the glamour that perhaps we served up publicly and you know in some ways that's fascinating in other ways it makes it very difficult to go back to be a fan after you've done what you and I do I think the business of it what attracts me. It's uh, without digressing, uh, the, the romance to me of the sport is to be able to make things happen for yeah, other yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no aspirations. Like, like I, I, don't worry. I, I like fast cars, but I just I'd rather drive someone else's. Yeah. Um, I've got, same I'm, with boats, but I just yeah. I just get a, I derive pleasure out of assisting other people to achieve their goals and you know everybody's a team plan as it was with with Alan Simonson and well, now that's with Nathan and Simon. Well there you go, well, here's a great example of it really, I mean quite often people will say to me, do I like driving this car? Of course I like driving this car, who wouldn't? But would I want to drive this car on a track? Look at, it says 340, can you get the, th do you want to do a couple, this dashboard has got a 340 kilometre hour maximum. Well, I could probably I, get, I, get most of that out of it, yeah. But I mean, but, but my point is this, is where I've got a privilege is on the odd occasion I get the opportunity to sit next to these guys and experience what they do. That's what does it for me. Not driving, I've got these are fists of ham, I'm no race driver, you know, but I can sit next to these guys and see what it is that they do that I can't and that you can't. And that for me is the special bit because it is nothing as you would imagine I guess it to we be. Can, we can sort of comprehend it and we feel trusted. Yeah. In a trusted environment. You know, it's, a, it's that... Um, let me, let me give you an example of it. Um, I've been, you know, a passenger in some pretty kind of horny cars. The, the, the one that, that impressed me the most, a little radical, SR8. I don't know if you get those down under, but it's yeah. a V8 engine, 2.6, yeah, 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 is no, it? It's, it's two, I think, it's a Yamaha now, I think, on the Yamaha uh, bike engines to make a V8. Uh, so a lot of power. 
thing weighs about as much as a paper bag full of groceries. And a young lad by the name of Johnny Cocker, who's won a few bits and pieces in his time, has uh, won a couple of races in P1 cars as well, and took me around a place called Cadwell Park, which is in Lincolnshire in the UK. It's like a mini Nürburgring. Small track, tight, through the woods, hills, tight bends, some very quick bends as well. And what that showed me in that little slick tire, lots of downforce prototype, look at that. It's a truck. It's got a boy. What that showed me was at every corner, every corner, you knew that if he'd got it wrong, you were in big, big trouble. That's the point. When we hear about these guys having no imagination, you know, what that's saying is that they've, they, they need to tune out that part of them that says, if something goes wrong here, then I'm in big, big trouble. That's what makes these guys special. The fact they can do that, lap after lap, corner after corner, and do it consistently. Because whereas, look, if you or I got into any race car and did it even at our own speed, we'd struggle to get around that lap, lap after lap, within a second of our previous time. You know, we might do a lap in 201, the next one might be 203, the one after that might be 158, the one after that might be 205. These guys do it within tenths of a second, lap after lap after lap. And, and that's consistency the is what what they, what uh, team Absolutely. managers want. You know, like you just dial in your consistent time. You, you tell them the you time, do it, and, and then you do you'll it. work the team around that. Time. And that is the job. And you know, that makes something extraordinary sound boring. But boy, it's not boring when you see it trackside. And that and that's you know uh, an interesting point related to the young guys that I've managed to get into the uh, Erebus sixty three SLS yep. this weekend. Um, without turning it into a you know a, a song and dance show, Nathan Morecambe and, and Simon Hodge, I think are a perfect combination to work together alongside uh, American sensation and 16-year-old Austin Cedric, the son of the Ted, uh, Petsky uh, president, who uh, has uh, a, a, achieved a very very good job, very good job at his test day. Some, some people call him Tim. Some people. <laughs> I'm, I'm tripping up the, the beers. I got the beers. The beers are hitting me. But um, I, I just I think about these three guys together. Um, look, just you know, if it rains, start from pit lane. Yep. You know, don't matter because it'll be a drama. Just if I don't hear about you all day, and you suddenly you phone home on the eleventh hour, I'll be pleased because you don't need to poke your head up. It's a case of you've got everything to lose. Yep. And little to gain. I think I think that certainly with young drivers, and this is where sports car racing stands out, it's a team game. And that doesn't just mean the drivers, it means the crew as well. What you don't want is to be getting that extra tenth and then leave the guys in the garage overnight having to change a diff. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is listen to what the, the clever guys you know, behind the pit wall actually telling you. And if they're telling you they want a 203, you produce a 203, not a 205, and not a 201, a 203, and then another 203, and another, and another, and another, and another. And if you can maintain that with traffic, and uh, we're gonna have an awful lot of traffic at Bathurst this week, then you will do very well indeed. Three key words, protect the car. Protect the car, you know, it is a team game. It's a, it's not something that everybody can do. And I've, you know, I remember having a conversation just late last year with uh, someone coming out of single-seaters who said that was the biggest challenge he thought he would have. It's that getting through that, you know, single-seaters is a pretty selfish thing because the whole thing is around you. The whole thing is actually around you, your abilities, your fine-tuning that car. That the, the essence of sports car racing is always compromise. What do you think of this road? Uh, my ears are popping. We must be a long way up. But is it visually It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. A little bit of green. And we there's no traffic lights. No, no traffic whatsoever. We're wafting through it. The, uh, the very large tires on the right side of the car just had a bit of thump across the cat's eyes. 21 inch, I noticed. Uh, probably right. You're probably right. I had a look at them before. Yeah, big old, big old uh, railway. Oh, you can bang it through here, you won't. You're not going to get in. Swatter! <laughs> I forgot the word! <laughs> I'm just going to put your laptop down. Uh, so was there. Oh, that's mine. Oh no, it looks like mine. Uh, I thought it was mine. Uh, it's got, uh, got two familiar helmets on it, hasn't it? Dear, dear me. Now, this is... Uh, very... now, there you go. Now, that's something worth saying for your viewers, actually. Mutual friends there. 
<laughs> swear, you just got one of the new MacBook Pro Retinas as well. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Good, aren't they? Those very good. It's, uh, but no, it's uh, proudly wearing the colours of both Alan and Sean. Yeah. Um, both good mates and uh, both very sorely missed. And it's very, you know what? It's difficult, isn't it? When it comes to races like this, memories everywhere. And ah, enough. We go racing. Yeah. yeah. This is a, just a beautiful piece of road. So viewers, I'm gonna let. Uh, JJ to have a little bit of a drive and we'll get back to you soon. Well, that was a rather pleasant little cruise through the mountains there and uh, a little check out of the blast furnace and the history of ammunition being made in uh, Lithgow. Yeah, fantastic bit of industrial heritage. A couple of lovely 1960s railway locomotives. We like a railway locomotive, don't we, John? <laughs> Train nutters, fair of us. That's it. Twenty k's out of Bathurst. Well, you know, I uh, I'm quietly confident that uh, my couple of guys, Nathan Nathan Morkham and Simon Hodge, will will team up uh, pretty well with Austin Sindrick for the weekend, as will the other Erebus car. There's plenty of others that are right up there able to do it, but it's all about keeping out of trouble. What's your thought on it? Uh, I think exactly that. It's uh, This is, look, why do we love this track so much? We love it because it's a challenge. It's like all you know the other great tracks we look forward to going to, the Nürburgring, uh, that kind of ilk. It's uh, tracks that can bite you if you get it wrong. It's great to see young Australian talent taking part in this race. I had the chance to meet Betty Klemenko for the first time at the Spa 24 Hours last year. What a lady. Uh, the sport needs more people like that. She's very passionate and, oh, uh, you know... Beyond passionate. I mean, it's it just it's great to see. It's, you know what, John? It's, it's one, one of the things I really like about the part of the sport that I've got the privilege to cover is, look, we've got fabulous professional racing drivers, but we've got amateurs as well, gentlemen drivers, lady drivers as well, that are just... And it, for them, for me, it's the passion. And I can recognise that. I can recognise that what they do behind the wheel and the smile they've got on their faces as they arrive at these tracks and as they leave after the race, whether or not they've finished first or 50th, is exactly the way I feel about it when I get the opportunity to come and, and cover these great events. It's a, it's a fabulous thing. And, um, you know, this is one of those races where we're going to get the chance to see, see and do those things all over again and again and again for 12 hours. Wonderful stuff. Uh, I think whatever we're going to get this weekend, one thing we're definitely going to have is why we come and do this is a race. Yeah, for sure. And it won't just be a race at the front from the A-class cars. It'll be uh, all the way down through the field. And um, yeah, just the fact is, people, everybody loves to come to Bathurst. Just drive around, no matter what. But you know, you can, you know what it's like. Racing car drivers are like. You can tell them to don't do this and behave yourself, and it all just gets thrown out the window on the first lap. Wouldn't be racing drivers if they were. I mean, it's uh, you know what it is is. It's the challenge, isn't it? It's, you're, you're challenging yourself against the clock. You're challenging yourself against this fantastic place. But pole uh, doesn't mean a lot here. No, no, it doesn't. But you know, but equally well, we know, don't we, that it means a lot to some of us uh, somehow. I mean, it means a lot to some of us, John. And I'm saying this particularly to you because of what the trophy is you get for it. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, smart, smart tactics. Yeah. As I said, you can win it from pit lane. And uh, you know, when you're speaking about ladies, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, to win and talk to talk to Betty and see if we can get Christina Nielsen in the car next year. That'd be interesting, she's wouldn't it? I think she's she's coming pretty good. Like she's spent lots of seat time, and a lot of people would be quite keen to criticise them. You know, was I? You know, I know her and I know Lars, and uh, I've known Lars. She may yeah. not be the the fastest lady in the world, but she's. She's not smashing the toys to pieces. No, and I think the other thing is, you're quite right, what she's getting is plenty of seat time and good cars and good racing, and that will serve her well. We need, you know, I'm not one in any uh, vein for positive discrimination, but we do need the opportunity for, for some of the girls to to stretch the legs a little bit, you know, to, 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 to get some racing under the belts, to get a bit of... Well, I'm not going to take that literally. No, I don't think you should. Um, I think what we need is more of them in the sport. I think it adds something to it. We've got some very fast girls out there uh, racing. I think we need a few more of them. Uh, and we know that it's very tough for them to actually get up through the ladder and uh, to the very top. It's not for the want to try, and it's not for the lack of talent either. You know, we've got people like Catherine Legg, 
who's you know a quick girl. She's out there in the in the, sta in the states in the Delta wing in the prototype class. Uh, but there's precious few of them. Yeah, you better take this guy, mate, before you get him more more uh, chuck another brick on the windscreen. So we're only about 12 k's from the McCafe. Do you know down here uh, that McDonald's actually the meat is water buffalo from the Northern Territory? Is it really? It is. It's highly reconstituted water buffalo. Wow. But it's actually very low fat content. Yeah. And you know, it's consistently all right around the world. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you have it, I, I don't need it a lot, but if you're travelling, well, why not? Glanmire. That's interesting. My sister lives in Glanmire, but not this one. Lives just outside. Just pull in. It's Cork in Ireland. It's Glanmire. Oh, Cork in Ireland. One of the headquarters of Apple's manufacturing facilities. There you go. Well, also got a very nice car track there. <laughs> Is that right? They do. <laughs> I'm sure we'll speak more over the weekend, and uh, there'll be perhaps some chats about technology, barbecues. Could be some even some some. Bar chat? No, surely not. <laughs> Drink isn't going to be taken, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. I could do with a beer. It's been a lot of long drive. Well, I don't think it's too far away. And for now, I'd just like to say good night, viewers, and thanks for listening. Good night, viewers. Uh, right, so uh, just had the first sign of that absolutely iconic map panorama sign on the hillside. Can't beat a good sign on a hillside. And uh, this is my very first opportunity to see in your real life and not on TV the, as it's described on the gantry above us right now, the Mount Panorama Motor Racing Circuit. Ugh, just marvellous. And we're going to go where? Just straight through the round. Straight there. through? Just, just veering left and over to. Yeah, we're happy for dogs, so... Okay, I got it. Now, it is a public road in both directions, so... Uh... So we're going to have a little bit of a play. Within. Reasonable limits, of course. Give way. Oh, my good God, look at this. Turning right. Oh, my God. So, it's Conrad. Off you go. Oh, my life. Uh, this... I've got no words to explain what this means, actually. This is a live stream. Richard up there in the media is he there? Well, probably. Crowsey. The number of times I've seen this straight on TV. Oh, wow. Where does that road go? It goes up to the hill, the top of the hill. Yep. You'll notice the camber on the corners. Oh, yeah. And then the runoff. Sort tighter of. than it looks, this. It's always seen a tight corner, but tighter than it really looked. And down here. Now to turn one going up. Winery on the left and the trees. This is the camping area. And you miss all of this detail with the TV because you're so focused on the cars going up through the gears. So unbelievably fast up here. You miss all this detail. And this is something I love about actually coming to these circuits is that you get the chance to just stop and look. Flowers on the on the, uh, the concrete wall. It's yeah, absolutely marvellous. Runners coming down the hill and walkers. Mm. Nice looking walkers. And this run down here. I mean, TV shortens this dramatically over the don't rise. See that, do you? you don't see that at all. You don't see how long this run is down here to this turn. Vineyards on the left. Yep, this is Kangaroo Corner. <laughs> this is Peter Cox Corner from last year, isn't it? Not that narrow there, but my guess is this is where we start to get narrow. But a very wide exit. And this corner, yeah, you're absolutely, this is wide, isn't it? it actually looks. TV does this place no justice at all, does it? Which is a hateful thing to say because it does look fantastic on TV. Marshall's post there, the left hand side. Lots of walkers. Steep hill here. Look, we've got something with a bit of poke, isn't it? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Sun kind of bouncing yeah, off the walls the there. Bit of Audi branding. They're never short of branding. And you can see what happens late in the day. Look. Oh, good grief. Is... Look at this. How tight is that?
oh, this is magnificent, this place is unreal. It's another one of these places, John, that you kind of think, it shouldn't be allowed, but I'm so, so glad it still is. Fantastic views over to the left-hand side, we're way up the mountain now. Solomon Park, which is to some. The Bathurst Park. Clay Target Club, I like that sign on the left-hand side there. This is where it's a summit, it's a flat run, yeah. where they go down and out to the edge. It's the speed the guys carry through here, isn't it? It's just... Out to the edge there, and then turn in to Reed Park, and cross the grate on the outside here. Yeah. There's a metal grate, they have to pretty much nail that, nail just that. on the exit of that wow. little strip there. Yeah. And then over this crest into McPhillamy, before the run down. And what's the current lap record? 2023 by Simon. By Hodge. Simon. Seven news. This, I think, isn't this where the Nissa met its end last year? Yes, on that last corner. Running into someone else's accident? Yes, oh my god, look at this. Look at this. That's astonishing. There is nothing else in motorsport like this. And into the dipper. <laughs> Bentley branding. I, th I feel we'll be spending some photographic time up here at some point this week. Uh, that's astonishing. And now the run down to Forest Elbow, which is pretty much a critical corner. Yep. You run down to shoot. Very easy to run wide and hit the wall there. And then the kink is what you speed for cops. You know, you're getting enthusiastic. We go, we go, we go. Oh, wow. Now, Conrad used to be straight all the way. You didn't have the chase. Yep. But it was after the death of Mike Bergman in 1986 um, where the chase was put in. Have you got a speed trap down here? I mean, for the races, right? not, uh, for the, not for the yeah, cops. Yeah, it will be. Um, and what kind of speed are we talking here with the proper... Well, the supercars are doing close to 300. I think the GT car's a little bit less than that. Mr. Bird? An old, uh, disused drive-in cinema on the right here. But this is, you know, this is the, the corner of the brave, I guess. Fabulous stuff, this. There's there's an extra bit of you know, run-out area. Absolutely fantastic. Now, those speed signs will be removed for fear of anyone wanting to slide sideways into them. Plenty of evidence of people trying hard here. So, through Caltech's chase, and uh, into the complex here with the hotel on the right. Give that a bit. The hotel's been in place for a few years now, three or four, four or five, and it's actually pretty good. Like, come the 1000, the V8 yep. race, you can't have them but have fun there. Now you can just walk over and have a and have a. Have oh, where are we going now? Have a beer, have another run round. You get a bit of a look at the view the next time. What do you reckon? I think so. Sounds like a bit, you know. This is called Murray's Corner. I've always thought it should have been called Hell, which is the next corner, because if you get it wrong, you end up in Bathurst. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. That's uh, a lap of that's Bathurst. That's a lap of Bathurst at not very quick pace, but not a single other car on the road. Not one. Lots of walkers. They knew you were here. They must have known they were here. They're staying clear. Police want to open the roads. Dann hat die Sache. Ja, ich bin auch. Dann hat die Sache. 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 Dann hat die Sache